Welcome to the Come and Belong podcast. I'm your host, Brother Zach Coder. My friends, we've had a, um, a couple speakers fall through. So this week you are just stuck with my rants and ravings uh, for this episode. But I, I've had kind of an interesting experience I wanted to uh, share. Um, and it begins with something that my wife and I and our family have really been focusing on this year, especially uh, probably ever since last general conference and the conference before that. But I don't know if you're picking up on it, but our prophet has literally invited us to um, to seek and expect miracles in our lives. And um, just so much has happened in my life that I've recognized some of those miracles. Um, something as small as like, I know that we've all have a story, right? Like where we've lost a set of keys. Well, earlier this, um, uh, this, well, it's probably, I don't know, it was a couple months ago, but like we were in a very stressful situation. My parents were moving to Texas and my mom was literally at her wits end. Um, and she was searching and searching and couldn't find her car keys. And um, we literally said, okay. And I, I remember telling her, I'm like, okay, God has told us to expect miracles, mom. So let's pray right now. We said a prayer and then we found her keys. Um, I, I, I don't wanna, I know some people might say, oh, that's not a miracle. That, yes, it was, it was a miracle for that day. And for that time, it was a miracle. Um, but I'm also talking about some major miracles that have happened. Um, we've had um, some financial miracles happen in our lives where the miracle of tithing, right? And not just the financial blessings of tithing, but um, the miracle of being able to attend the temple. Um, but I, I want to share with you a recent miracle that we also had. Um, so I have a cousin who feels a little bit more like a nephew, and I love that boy. Um, unfortunately, in his life, he made some choices that ended up in some prison time. Um, and there were choices that um, they merited prison time. Um, it was something that needed to happen. But um, the, one of the miracles initially that we saw is that the family still rallied around him to support and to love, even though he made some pretty big mistakes. Fast forward, um, and he was released and then kind of skipped out on his um, parole and went missing for um, a number of weeks, um, which was scary for everybody. Um, his parents texting him and calling him and um, just, you know, basically saying things like, hey, just text us back anything, a letter, a number, anything so we know you're alive. And for a couple months, um, we thought that he might have taken his own life or was killed. And, uh, you know, it's one of the miracles right there was that for many people, even though that was sad and tragic and hard, the miracle of having the plan of salvation is incredible. Um, for us, the miracle was the peace we felt that even had he taken his life or um, been killed. For us, it was the miracle that we know that there's more um, that we don't understand completely and that God does. And so that miracle of peace at that time. Well, um, he eventually was discovered. Um, and actually, um, last week I was at his funeral um, because um, he was discovered by the police and there was a shootout and we don't have a lot of the details, but uh, he was killed. And I remember getting the call last week, uh, woken up in the middle of the night, my sister called and said, hey, um, I just need you to know that, uh, you know, our cousin was killed and, and it was a shocker obviously. And, uh, but again, that came that peace of like, 
okay, the conflict is over for him in some ways. And he's in a place where he can is more susceptible to learning and growth and some amazing things. Well, the next day my mom called um, because uh, my brother had orchestrated a road trip and we were all gonna drive to Boise to go to his funeral. And a miracle happened, like the fact that all of us within a 24 hour time period were able to get work off and to be able to attend was a miracle in and of itself, right? Uh, both of my sisters were able to get off of their work schedules and my brother who's got a very um, important job uh, and a big job uh, not really necessarily easy to just take off he was able to get off and uh, i was able to get off and so that was a miracle and then we got a drive together um, uh, to boise and we had you know eight nine hours together as siblings which we don't get very often there was a miracle right but we show up uh to the family and uh to the family gathering and <laughs> all of our families are complicated, right? Well, in my family, um, this cousin who passed, um, his parents are divorced and there are some really hard feelings, um, some really hard feelings, some terrible things were done. Um, and yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to get into too many of the details, but there's some really hard feelings. And um, my cousin's biological mother was um, in charge of putting together the funeral arrangements. And she decided she didn't want it at a church. She'd do it at the funeral home. And she was very adamant that it was not to be a quote unquote religious or spiritual experience. She wanted people to laugh. She wanted people to celebrate um, this cousin's life. Well, I'm an institute teacher and uh, I was asked to speak at the funeral. Uh, me and my brother were, were um, I guess I have to backtrack a little bit. Again, the day after I heard uh, that my, my cousin passed, my mom called me when she discovered that we were going to be traveling up there. And she said that uh, my cousin's biological dad and my uncle, they're just, they were just like, we want, you know, you and, and my brother to, to speak. And so I was like, oh, that was an honor. But also because of the circumstances, it's not going to be a normal funeral, right? It was going to be a little bit tougher. Um, not quite as happy in some aspects, but I prayed. I had asked some counsel from some great people in my life who I respect and admire, and, and they gave me some counsel on what I might be able to say at that funeral, but I was really nervous, very, very nervous. Then we get to Boise and we hear, hey, don't be spiritual, don't talk about Jesus, don't talk about church, don't talk about religion. And I'm like, well, what do you talk about then <laughs> in a funeral, right? Um, but um, miracles happen the day of the funeral. So first of all, um, I haven't seen my aunt, uh, my cousin's biological mom for years, like literally 15 plus years, maybe 20 years. Um, because of some of the choices that she had made and, and uh, yeah. Well, we pull up, my brother and I, we got there early and we see my aunt and she's outside and um, she's kind of chain smoking and <laughs> digging through her purse frantically and you can tell she was just stressed out. Uh, she saw us pull up and she looked up and made eye contact and then immediately went back to looking at her purse and my brother turned to me and said, oh great, she's mad. <laughs> and I was like, uh-oh, here we go. So we got out and um, uh, my brother and I greeted her like, hey, auntie. And uh, she looked up and it became apparent that she wasn't mad at all. She just didn't recognize us because, again, it had been years. And she just burst into tears. It's like, oh, my gosh, Zach and my brother. And like, oh, my word, like, oh, my gosh, how many years has it been? And we just hugged her and held her and had a really cool softening moment. Um, there were some um, some things she was trying to deal with before the funeral, some technological things. And so like I stepped in and said, let me help with that. You go take care of what you need to take care of. And again, I think that softened. And those miracles, like literally, when we read about in scriptures how the Lord can soften hearts, I, I literally physically watched it happen to my aunt, um, who was very adamant that there'd be no spirituality, that there'd be no um, this, that, or the other. Well, we get things squared away, and then the funeral begins. 
and my aunt is going to do the eulogy and she eulogizes her son and shares some fun stories and then at the end she said something she said because of my past belief because she was a member of the church at one point and my my current spiritual beliefs i know that eli is in a better place and i know he is safe now and i know that he is growing and learning and and all of us i mean there was an audible gasp from the people in the room who knew that my aunt did not want anything spiritual and and we looked at each other and we're like, okay. And at that minute, the miracle happened. Another miracle happened for me, right? Um, and that was that like everything just fell into place. I had been writing down over the past, you know, 48 hours or whatever, my thoughts, my feelings, what I could say. Um, but the spirit just confirmed like in that moment, like, okay, here's what you need to say and here's what you need to do. Um, and uh, anyway, I was able to get up there. Oh, I, I, I forgot to mention my my uncle, the, the biological father of my cousin, he is uh, just an incredible musician and, and he wrote a song for his boy. And I, he's an emotional guy, that's probably where I get it. And, uh, and that's actually his name, by the way, Guy. And so Uncle Guy got up there and he played this beautiful song. And the miracle was that he was able to get through it. Um, it was just a day of miracles. Then I get up and I say what I was going to say, and I just I want to read to you one thing that came from a talk that uh, actually Brother Wilkins shared with me and really helped me um, figure out a lot of things that I should say. But I'm going to try to find that here. Hold on. Um, okay, here it is. It's from Elder Worthland's talk. Um, Sunday will come, and he says this. Um, he, he talks about how Christ's last day was on a Friday, and it was a bad day, right? Um, he was beat up, he was mocked, he was crucified, right? And then he says this, Each of us will have our own Fridays, those days when the universe itself seems shattered and the shards of our world lie littered about us in pieces. We all will experience those broken times when it seems we can never be put together again. We will all have our Fridays. But I testify to you in the name of the one who conquered death, Sunday will come. In the darkness of our sorrow, Sunday will come. No matter our desperation, no matter our grief, Sunday will come. In this life or the next, Sunday will come. Um, for me, I've, I've, lost, um, I've lost people in my life. And a number of years ago, I lost my brother. And I remember that being a hard time. But that peace, that is a miracle. It is mirac as miraculous as, as parting a sea, as walking on water. Um, the miracle of the resurrection is real. It's not a fable and it brings peace, miraculous peace. Um, I don't know what's going on in your lives, listeners, but um, I hope that you will take the prophet's invitation, and I view it as a challenge and a commandment, to seek and expect miracles. Our God is a God of miracles. He has not ceased to do his work. He will not cease to do his work, and that work has always included miracles. I promise you, not because it's my promise, because it's the promise of a prophet, that as we will seek and expect miracles, we will see and receive miracles. And I bear that testimony in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. And I just want to remind everybody that this podcast is not affiliated with nor endorsed as an official production of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. All words and opinions expressed by participants are solely their own and do not reflect official doctrine of the church.